Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. I'm sure you've noticed inequalities across many sectors and phenomenon in the world. Maybe you've noticed inequalities in your own life, but aren't sure what to do about them, or feel like it's an immoral tragedy. Today, we'll talk about the Pareto Principle, see what the Bible says about it, and how you can use it to increase your productivity today on The Whole Steward. Well, this is episode number 32. I'm very thankful you're listening. I have to tell you that I received some feedback this week from multiple different people, people that I didn't imagine were listening. Indeed, you are out there and listening, appreciating the show, and that feedback is tremendous. For example, I want to give a special thanks to my wife, who is my biggest cheerleader every day. Uh, thank you, Analea Stanton, for encouraging me every day, especially in the whole steward, but in all the areas uh, that we are stewards together of what God has given us. I also want to give a big thanks to Gary Pinkerton, whose words this week of encouragement have meant uh, a lot to me to keep going and to double down on what we're doing with the whole steward. By the way, if you haven't listened to Gary's Gulch, he has a podcast. I interviewed him on episode number 15. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. And then also uh, listen to Gary's Gulch. He has a lot of good considerations for especially our, our cultural capital right now and the things that are happening that affect the other areas of stewardship, the other forms of capital, uh, like your finances, like your relationships, things like that. Very good insights. So I encourage you to go listen to Gary's Gulch with Gary Pinkerton. Your words this week, Gary, were very encouraging. So thank you very much. And all of the others who reached out to me and gave me feedback uh, this week, I appreciate it. Remember, leave a review for the show. We have the new page down at the bottom. You can see the links there. You can see what others are saying. Or you can visit thewholesteward.com slash review and leave me a review there. Uh, that'll show on the website and help get the word out. So anyways, thank you to all of you. I am coming at this with a new motivation and vigor and I am sincerely thankful for your feedback. I just have to say thank you to all of you out there who are praying for the whole steward. Even in our moments of discouragement, we can be lifted up by one another and upheld, especially in prayer, that God might bless the work that we're doing here to build a community of those wanting to grow more, sow more, reap more, share more, and learn more for the glory of God. That is our stated mission. That was a paraphrase, of course, but that's why we're here. So I thank you for that. And let's jump right in. The Pareto Principle. Now, you may have heard about this before, but if you haven't, just a little bit of background. The Pareto Principle was developed by Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto in 1896. The principle basically 
is stated like this. 80% of the output is determined by 20% of the input. Yeah, have you ever noticed that? This is a general principle. It's not a hard and fast rule, so don't take it as such. You say, oh, well, there, there's an exception to that, you know, here and there and everywhere. Well, yeah, there are exceptions, but there are many examples where this principle kind of holds true. And what it is, is that Pareto made the observation that 80% of the results seem to be determined by 20% of the inputs. There are different names for this. It, you might have heard it called the 80-20 rule or the law of the vital few or maybe the principle of factor sparsity. The thing of it is, is that this observation could be made in the world in many different ways and uh, places. So he made the observation in his garden. He was looking at his garden. He was growing these bean plants and he noticed that 80% of the beans were coming from 20% of the plants. Then he started to expand his view a little bit and looked at the society at the time. He noticed that 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the population. And so he started to notice this pattern in the world. And maybe you've noticed it too. There's lots of different examples that you could think of that this rings true for. For example, 80% of the revenue might be determined by 20% of the clients. Or 80% of the work in the church is done by 20% of its members. Or 80% of the wear on your carpet occurs on 20% of the area. Or 80% of points scored in the game are scored by 20% of the players. 80% of your clients come from 20% of your referral sites. 80% of your results come from 20% of your work. 80% of the failures in your system come from 20% of the issues, or bugs as we would call them in engineering. So it goes, so it goes. Remember, this is just a principle. It doesn't uh, hold true hard and fast in every situation. But you might be thinking right now, oh yeah, I have noticed that, um, that pattern just as Pareto noticed it as well. So what does this mean? Well, it means that there's an inherent inequality that exists in the world. It surfaces in so many different areas. It's an inequality of outcomes. If you look at scripture, you can see this principle occurring even in Jesus's teaching. So for example, let's look at the parable of the 10 minus. I did an episode on that, episode number eight, titled Zacchaeus and the Parable of the 10 minus. It comes from Luke 19, 11 through 27. If you didn't listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because I'm not going to go into all the details that I did back then, but you can see the principle there. It, it was a case of uh, equal opportunity. There were 10 servants and the master gave one mina to each servant, but the outcomes were very unequal. For example, in verse 16, it says, The first came to him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. 
And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas more. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. So you see, there's a pattern here where some of the servants were producing much more than some of the other servants. For example, the servant who was given one of the minas didn't make any more minas with it. He did nothing with it. He was actually afraid. He buried it in a handkerchief and uh, just returned the one back to the master. And that was very displeasing to the master. Please go back and listen to episode number eight if you haven't. But notice the inequality here. You have 15 minas produced by two of the servants. And then we don't really know how much the other servants produced, except for one of them, which produced zero. So you can see this this sort of distribution, this 80-20 rule kind of surfacing here. In verse 26, Jesus says, I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, this certainly applies to spiritual capital and in how we live, but all of that bleeds over into all the other forms of capital. I I like to say that the spiritual capital underlies and undergirds all the other forms of capital and how we manage them. How you treat your relationships will be determined by your spiritual disposition. How you manage your wealth will be determined by that as well. How you interact with the culture, how you uh, treat your body, all those things come from your worldview and your spiritual foundation. Whatever that may be, that undergirds the other eight forms of capital, how you manage your time, for example. Now, another example in Scripture holds true in the Gospel of Matthew. If you look at the parable of the sower, let's look at Matthew 13, verses 3 to 8. And he, Jesus, told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, and they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. And other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Jesus tells a parable here, and this is an analogy or a parable for the gospel, the good news, the word of God being sowed, and the results of it. So the Pareto principle holds true even for the results and effects of the gospel, the word of God. And you can see that some seed fell in different places. They, it didn't produce. And the, the ones that did produced different amounts. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So you see this inequality of outcomes. where The seeds all get scattered, but I would venture to say that probably 20% of the seeds were responsible for 
80% of the results. It's kind of the 80-20 rule here. Uh, again, this doesn't hold exactly as a firm law, uh, but it's a general principle. So there's two examples of the Pareto principle in Scripture, in Jesus' parables. There are other examples. We don't have time to go into them now, but when we come back, we'll look at how can you use the Pareto principle to increase your productivity. That'll be next on The Whole Steward. Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Gary Pinkerton with Gary's Gulch Podcast. You are listening to The Whole Steward with Andrew Stanton, one of the best researched shows by a man of true passion. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. Welcome back. So let's look at how you can use the Pareto Principle to increase your productivity. How can you leverage this knowledge of this observation in your own life? So I have three points for you. Put these together to help us get our minds around uh, what we can do on a daily basis to increase our productivity and leverage this principle. So first of all, number one, you have to take measurements. You have to take stock of where you spend your time. What work leads to what results? If you're not measuring the outputs of your results compared to the inputs of your efforts, you won't know where to start. So number one, you have to be measuring. Now, We've talked about this before. It's very important in business. When you make an adjustment to something you're doing, you have no idea what the effect is if you're not quantifying every aspect of your business. For example, how many listens are you getting when you do a certain thing on your podcast? Or how many clients are you getting based on the efforts or the new advertising campaign that you launched. You have to be measuring those things so that when you make a change or a tweak, you can see the results. Are they good? Are they bad? Whatever it is. Then you really have to think critically and embrace the inequalities. This is number two. Embrace the inequalities. There is no such thing as equality of outcomes. Uh, it's not true here on earth, and nor is it true in heaven. The outcomes are proportionally different. Some things render a lot of results. Other things render very little results. And you might think, well, you know, just 20% of my time, what I spend 20% of my time on is really responsible for 80% of my results. If you think about it, you can identify 
what are those things that are having the best results? For example, if you see, hey, I'm advertising on three different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you see that 80% of your leads are coming from Facebook and 20% are coming from the other two, well, then you should be focusing more on Facebook. You see how this goes. Where and what are the things that are producing the most results? And focus on those things. Prioritize them. You might find that the 20% that is rendering the 80% of results is actually the most difficult and you tend to deprioritize it and do the easier, what we might call low-hanging fruit first. But those things aren't having the biggest impact. You need to find out and take stock of what is having the biggest impact. Embrace those inequalities. And then number three, focus on them. Once you maximize one area and you focus on that, then move to the next area. There's always something else to optimize. Once you identify those areas that are having the biggest impact, Now you have reached a new paradigm and the 80-20 rule will still hold true. And now you can do the whole process over again. Remember to do the things that are most important when you are the freshest in the day. Prioritize those things and you will increase your productivity. Now, I want to leave you with a verse that comes from a passage that I look forward to going over in the near future. It's a very powerful passage. It's actually regarding money management, and it comes among a passage in Paul's letter that is about their financial giving toward a relief effort for the church that was being persecuted, and it has to do with them giving monetarily to the cause. But in verse 6 of chapter 9, Paul writes this, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You see, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. If you hold back or you take the lazy route or you do not sow where it counts and sow generously in those areas, You will reap sparingly. You will not reap a lot of results. If you sow bountifully, Paul says, you will also reap bountifully. And remember, there's nine forms of capital, so it doesn't necessarily mean if you sow bountifully in one form of capital, you will reap bountifully in that same form of capital, but you will reap bountifully in one or more of the areas. 
You have nine areas, just as a reminder. It's spiritual, physical, intellectual, experiential, social, cultural, material, financial, and time. Those are all things that are under our stewardship for a short time, and God has given us charge over them, management over them, stewardship over them for a very short time on this earth. We need to be managing those things for His glory and His glory alone, doing the things that He wants us to do. And certainly, He wants you to sow bountifully so that you might reap bountifully. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the encouragement. Please share the whole steward with a friend. Let's keep getting the word out there. As I said, I'm reinvigorated. I hope you are too. And now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.